0: Hey, as, uh, as Eli said, so tonight um, we're really privileged to have Miguel Shaw here, and uh, some of you know Miguel. Miguel and his wife Kristen, and they're now three um, little girls, are missionaries in the Dominican Republic, but they grew up, or at least Miguel um, grew up here in Omaha, and uh, his name is Michael Schall, um, but no longer, because he's a Dominican now. Um, but we're talking about, as Eli said, like... God has a call on all of our lives. He has plans for you. He has something for you, and um, and you maybe don't know what that is yet. But um, there's a mission for your life, especially if you're a Christian. And maybe you're here tonight, and you're not a Christian, and that's awesome. And we're glad you're here. But um, we kind of we're sent. We're a sent people as Christians, and uh, and so we're trying to figure out what that's all about. Um, I want you to hear Miguel's story tonight. It's an awesome story, and it's easy to relate to because he grew up in Omaha, and he grew up sitting probably where you sat in this room. I don't, you know, I know you're not all going to be missionaries to the Dominican Republic or somewhere else. Um, That's not what we're saying, but he has a really great story. Will you guys welcome him as he comes up? I'm going to kind of keep talking, but thanks for being here, brother. So we're going to kind of do an interview, and uh, uh, we can go there. Right there, it's good. I was going to give him this uh, this little do, do doohickey here, but he's got a beard, and so it gets all like snaggled in his beard, and you'll hear all this stuff. But it's I have a beard. It's probably his beard. So um, Miguel Shaw was Michael Shaw. Grew up um, here in Omaha. Uh, I want to start just by. Will you just unpack a little bit your background? Um, Wait, pre, like, high school days even. Um, you are from Omaha, but tell us where you grew up. And,
1: uh, and she... This is you is right? she working tonight? She like... she's, she's in class right now until yeah. 10, so. But she says hi. And also, I just felt in my heart, um, I wish I could just continue to worship with you guys and not listen to myself talk, because uh, I just, I really enjoyed um, being with you and pursuing the Lord together in his face, and I just really felt his presence tonight. And I'm blessed and privileged to, uh, to just be able to seek the Father with you guys. And, um, this night is not about me. Um, God showed that to me very clearly. I'm not deserving or worthy of, uh, of having him say, follow me. Um, so, hmm. he hit me really hard back there. And I'm just thankful. It's um, cool. I'm thankful he called me, so. Cool. This night is not about me. Jesus, make it about you. And, uh us with whatever you have for us, so I want to say that first, but
0: it's good,
1: okay, sorry, got that out of the way, um, hello, hi, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> hello, people, <laughs> um, uh, I have a beard, that's what we want, so,
0: um, even real quick, let me, um, you guys are, you're missionaries to the DR, but you're here right now, and you mentioned yeah, that yeah, your we're wife, here for, for um, uh, five more it. months,
1: and or until May, my wife is uh, continuing her nursing education, and so she's a nurse, and and uses that with our ministry in the Dominican Republic. Um, and so she's continuing
0: that education to totally. have better but skills. But I, I, I think one of the things uh, we will, I want to hear, and I want you to share um, kind of what God did in your life when you, yeah. whatever. But I feel like you guys could, I, I, want, I want you to share um, kind of your normal, like, life too growing up. And I, this night isn't, like you said, maybe about you, but it also is kind of about you. So I want yeah. you to share whatever you want to no, share. No, yeah,
1: um... So, I I grew up on 120th and, uh, I guess, Maple, between Fort and that area, Um, but then we moved out to Gretna. I was a homeschool kid until fourth grade, so if there's any homeschool people, yay. Uh, But then I did public school, so any public school people, (laughs) yay. I did both, and, uh, but so, yeah, I I was a Gretna kid, and uh, um, I I put my faith in Jesus when I was five, so I grew up in in a home that talked about Jesus and... At that age, I was able to understand I'm uh, a messed up person, and I sin, and I disobey, and I need a heart change, and Jesus is the one that can do that for me. So, man, it's good to see some of you guys. It's hard for me to focus, because I, I want to hug everyone. Um, but uh, Yeah, there's
0: a fair amount of us that have, whether it was an Oasis trip or not, a family trip. I mean, Brookside yeah, goes yeah. to the DR quite a bit, so he a lot of you the- have...
1: And I'll get to know a bunch of you this summer, who I don't know yet, so. Yes. All right, getting back. So, Gretna, and uh, I guess kind of personality, I've always been a high-energy guy and uh, enjoyed that thing, and so uh, I love the outdoors and playing outside, and uh, I also was a fairly disobedient rebel, and so I got into trouble quite a bit growing up, um,
0: tell doing us, different things. Tell us a story real quick. Well, I'm pretty sure... I've it, heard that, too, about you.
1: Yeah, is it 10 years that you can't be prosecuted? stuff, so (laughs) I did stuff more than ten years ago that I probably could have gotten big trouble for, so there used to be a a pavilion at a park in Gretna that was burnt down, uh, (laughs) No accident.
0: No way. you were uh, supposed to share something that you did, like in church. Oh, in oh not, that, not that. Not <laughs> that. No, that goodness. wasn't me, really. I knew a guy, and he did I'm that. Gonna, but um, I'm going to lose my job. So no, I, no, I was definitely
1: a delinquent, and uh, you know, there's like this Gretna gang, which <laughs> gangs are super prevalent in Gretna, really hardcore. <laughs> and uh, I was in this little gang in Gretna. I got jumped in, so it was awesome. But uh, I was like in eight, I was like in eighth grade, and they're like, all right. Like, I got kicked in the rib once, I think. But. Wow. um, So, but I will say this, and I'll kind of fast forward. <laughs> um, I always had this kind of double standard in life where I did want God, and I love God, and he was really cool. Um, but I also really liked um, feeling good about myself, and the way I did that was by people liking me. And I pursued that. And and so even from a young age, I remember, like, the first day of fourth grade, I stuck some pins in my ears and, and bobbed up and down. I was like, I'm a doggie, you know, and something stupid, and people laughed, and I was like, oh, that felt good. And so just having people like me and, and, and you know, get the attention of people was something I pursued, and, and that's kind of a lot of the purpose of my life was growing up. And so... Um, there was, uh, and it was, it was funny because coming in here, I was literally sitting out there where you guys were not too many years ago. I'm not that old. But, um, <laughs> but I had this feeling of I remember what it felt like being there and thinking if everyone in here could think I'm cool, then like I'm a really, like I'm satisfied, like I'm an important person. And as lame as that is, like that's where my heart was. Like I just wanted everyone to like me. And I wanted to be the popular guy, I wanted to be the cool kid or whatever, and I I worked for that, and I pursued that, and that was, that was kind of an idol for me, Um, and that was where I got my fulfillment, was other people liking me, and so, um, I guess, I was a freshman in high school when we went to fall retreat somewhere, and, uh, and that was the first time when I really had an encounter with God, and I decided, I want to live for you, Lord. I, I. I, I don't want to just live this kind of half bad word life. Um, I don't want to live this uh, two faced thing. I really want to live for you. And, um, and that was and a I freshman. I, that was your freshman I made, year. I made that decision. Okay. I made kind of that call, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to do that or how to live that out. Um, but I made that that in my heart, at least. I said I want that. I encountered God and I encountered His goodness and His greatness and his glory, and I wanted that. I didn't want just this running around trying to get people to think I was cool. Um, but I don't think my life changed or really kind of the, the mechanics of who I was as far as what I did, none of that changed. You know, my behavior didn't change. I still was doing the same stuff. And so, and then... Um,
0: well, so let me, let me stop you there. So I just, I'm it. recapping. You're, you're going up in Gretna mm-hmm. at this point. Um, this was your freshman year fall yes, yes, Um, I feel like I, I could totally relate to what you, you know, like a lot, a lot of us in here are like, is that lame? But I totally like want to be cool or I want everyone to think I'm cool. And mm-hmm. um, man, in high school, that's like to be rejected is the worst of the worst. Like yeah. for someone to think you're lame or you're an idiot or you're whatever yeah. you think. Um, I do, you're starting to get into it. I wanted to, I mean, just asked, like, so what happened? You're kind of this wild and crazy kid. I've heard stories from John Alford, who's a pastor here, was the high school pastor at the time, of just crazy stuff you did even at youth group. Um, Miguel's, like, skateboard is in my office on my shelf because as he was doing missions work in the DR at one point, his older brother just cleaned out their garage, and for some reason, Aaron brought me his old skateboard, skateboard with, like, a with a, a South Park sticker on the bottom of it, which I just think is funny, and maybe skate, South Park is like, I don't know if you guys are too young for that, but maybe you're not. Um, so you were like this wild, but so yeah, God started to grab a hold of your heart. Um, even I think, speak to, for a lot of the students in this room, you go on a full retreat and God does do something, but yeah, then you come back and you're like, yeah. do you just work on retreats, God, or I, I, you don't know how to change and Anyway, but keep moving forward then. You're getting into high school. Um, yeah, so other I, stuff happened. I mean, every
1: every summer, every fall retreat, you know, would be the spiritual high of I really sensed God, and I, I knew it was good, and I wanted that, but I didn't, I didn't know how to get there. And, I mean, working, trying to just fix it on my own, you know, sure. and, and on my own strength, it, it never really worked and never really changed. And so I'd keep going back to the same stuff and the same hollow pursuit of, you know, everyone you know, thinking I was, I was, you know, cool, and, and I guess popularity was my pursuit, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, my junior year in high school, the summer between there, they had opportunity to go to DR, and I, I mean, I got in trouble quite a bit, and I, some of you guys even, I think, probably knew me back then, and so, um, not like I was a bad-hearted guy, but I just did a lot of stuff that made people upset, and I, I was a prankster and all that kind of stuff, and so... When John said, "Hey, there's this trip," and I said, "I want to go on it," he, you know, all these warnings went off in his head, and he thought, "This is going to be bad, and you know I was going to run off and burn down a village or something." And <laughs> um, he didn't want that on him for, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons. But he took a risk on me. He really did. And um, it was neat, though, before going on the trip, I, I had this really strong sense that I was going to die. In the Dominican, and uh, I was like, Well, that's kind of weird. So I went and talked to John. I was like, Hey, John, I'm really excited about the trip, doing my support letters, and da da da. And I think I'm gonna die when I'm there, and I'm probably not coming back. So, but that's cool because I'm supposed to go, and just so you're kind of aware, if there's some you know shipping bodies and planes. I don't know if you need to know about that, but so he kind of thought that was weird, and you know, again, why am I letting this kid go, but uh. So can I talk about the Dominican? Sure. yeah. So all yeah, right. right. Um, so I got to the Dominican, and the first the first day, you know, I met this little kid, Raul. He's five years old, and you know, had nothing. He had a pair of shorts and no shoes and no shirt, and uh, just horrible, horrible life. You know, uh, alcoholic, abusive, you know, uh, household, and you know, he was molested, and like it was just like just the horrible, the horrible life that you could, you know, it was hell on earth for this kid. And, uh, and he would come, you know, every day to us, and he would give us these huge hugs, and his eyes were full of love and full of life as a little five-year-old who grew up in, in just such darkness. And here was me who grew up at five, and I knew the Lord, and I was in the church, and I had all these awesome opportunities to go to retreats and da-da-da, and I was empty inside. I had, I had no life to offer. I had no love in my eyes to look at people. And, and I'm like, man, Raul, you know... Look where he was born into, and he has something in him to give. And look at me and what I was born into, and I have nothing to give. Hmm. And I started to ask God, why Why was I born in Omaha? Why was I born in those circumstances? Why was Raul born there? That's just not, that's not fair. That's not just. And, and, I mean, I should have been born where he is because um, he's at least doing something with nothing where hmm. I'm doing nothing with everything hmm. that I've been given. And, uh, and so God Girl. started to just throw on my heart how selfish I had been and—, and and the opportunities that I had squandered and, you know, the prodigal son thing where he takes the inheritance and he runs off and he just spends it all on parties and, and all this stuff and he burns through it and he has nothing left and, and I felt like I had squandered, you know, all of this that God had given me and I was living for myself. I was living completely for, uh, for me and trying to make myself important rather than making God important and living for him and his glory. Um, so there's a verse that, that I want to throw at you, um, which is in Isaiah, if you have your Bibles, Isaiah 40. Um, so literally the first day of the trip, all the stuff's hitting me. And that night, we're just sleeping on a cement floor, and, uh, and I felt God's hand just pressing on me. And it was the Holy Spirit convicting me of my sin and the ugliness of my sin. And even though it's common in high school and throughout life to pursue to be fulfilled by others, and what they think of you, um, it is a very it's a very ugly thing uh, when we're fulfilled by anything but God, or we pursue to be fulfilled by anything but God. And so, um, in Isaiah 40, uh, verse lights are kind of bright. Verse six, uh, this is what he he spoke spoke to me that night. A voice says, "Cry," and I said, "What shall I cry?" All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. What I felt like is all I was fighting for and, and pursuing was my own glory, my own honor, to make myself great and big and important and... Um, and he says that that's just grass, that that's just a flower that that blows away and that it withers and in another version it says it's just burnt in a fire like that, and it's gone and And I felt like my whole life everything i have been pursuing was worthless, um, and what I was trying to make happen and making myself important and and fulfilled by all these things um, was was so meaningless when it says the grass withers, the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on it. I could spend my whole life building up this person as important and beautiful and loved and thought cool of and God would take all of that glory away by simply going <sighs> and breathing when the breath of the Lord blows on it. The glory of mankind just falls away. Hmm. And, and, and that's where I'm on the floor experiencing this and it says, but the word of our God will last forever, stand forever, and it's God's glory is eternal. Man's glory is, is gone in a day, uh, and, and, and just a breath, it's gone, and no one will remember me. No one will remember who I was or my life, but God will be remembered forever, and his glory will last forever, and I decided in that night, I want to live for something eternal. I don't want to spend my life on something that's just built up and built up, and then the day... When the Lord appears and he breathes, and it's all gone, I want to live for something eternal. Um, and so that night in the Dominican, I repented of, of the selfishness and what I'd been living for, um, and I felt him and ask asked me if I wanted to live for more and if I wanted to live for his glory there in the Dominican, and, and that's when I said yes. Um, and so that was the first time when that desire in me to live for more and to live for him kind of it gained traction, I would say, and, and it gained purpose and, and meaning. And so I was, you know, 17 maybe, and, uh, and I knew at that point that my life was all about the Dominican and huh. all about wow. uh, God's glory in the Dominican. So that was the life-changing thing for me. And two weeks later, you know, I came back, and people told me that I wasn't the same person, that whoever left and got on a plane and went to the Dominican wasn't who came back. Um, and in and, and many ways, I died hmm. that night. Wow. Um, yeah. and who came back was, was, uh, was different. And so, um, I mean, I, I encourage you guys if you're, if you're thinking about the Dominican and, and, pondering and whatever, um, God does awesome, huge stuff everywhere, um, but specifically the Dominican, he used in my life in a huge way, and, and I'd love for you, if, if there's even a tiny tug on your heart to consider going, I'd love for you guys to, to just take a risk and jump and, and do it, um, in my life at least it was
0: huge. Yeah. I'd second that, too, although don't don't think that this is just, like, some kind of, you know, a commercial or go. to go on the mission trip, but that's um, cool to hear that. Now, real quick, um, and students, we, uh, we want to do at least eight to ten minutes of uh, just Q&A from you, so if you have a question about anything, um, think about that. But real quick, will you unpack, Miguel, it, it wasn't, I mean, you had this thing as a 17-year-old Real quick, kind of just talk about, though, your journey finishing high school. It really wasn't crazy easy, right? God kind of put you in Mexico for a few years before, there. you know, you couldn't really get to the Dominican even for a little while. Maybe speak to that just briefly on, how, you know, and then maybe give just a minute on um, what you're doing now in the Dominican or just... Yeah. So,
1: um, from the time that God said the Dominican is home and, and that's what I created you for. And the time that I began to live that was seven years of, 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 time elapsed there. And I had three going away parties and I kept trying to go to the Dominican on my own and make this thing happen. And, um, and it just kept falling apart. And, you know, I went to Grace for a year and got like a 0.7 GPA <laughs> and, uh, I just I bombed. And, uh. And then God's like, hey, you know, uh, you can go to Mexico and get trained and get prepared and then go to the Dominican after two years. And I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, Dominican, Mexico, that's not the same. And, uh, but I had to humble myself and realize, um, and this, was, this is a big, big truth um, highlight, that God, God is all about who you are and not about where you go or what you do. So it wasn't about the Dominican. It wasn't about what I was doing, it was about him growing in me. It was about me becoming more Jesus um, than just me going somewhere to do something. And so in that seven-year process of, of me trying to do it on my own and trying to get there, he was transforming me and getting me to a place where there was enough of him in me that I could be useful there. Huh. Um, yeah. And so that was, that was a huge life lesson for me. And I think for a lot of people... It's hard to be patient with the Lord and and where he's leading you. But in the end, he cares more about Jesus being full in you than what college you go to or what career you choose or or any of that. I mean, if Jesus, and I I say this before, if Jesus is anywhere, that's the awesomest place to be. So if Jesus is the janitor of your school, then your school is going to be the best place to be in the whole world. So it's not about where or what, but about who, about who we are. And him. Hmm. So that was a seven-year process. But, yeah, I went to Mexico. When I was 20. I, I moved finally to Mexico and uh, drove down there. And two years later, I met my lady, and uh, we got married and moved straight to the Dominican.
0: Would you, uh, you throw that picture up of their family? Miguel's head is kind of chopped off, and you can't see him real well, but... The third baby's already. I mean, this wasn't that long ago, right? No.
1: So yeah, Samantha with the flag, Nicole, and then Olivia, the baby, and Christina, mi mujer. Um, and uh, so yeah, that was probably I don't know. But now, real eight quick. Ago.
0: Yeah, share a minute on what you what you've been doing in the DR. What kind of? I mean, just what's like what what do you do as a missionary? Like, sure. Um,
1: do do? Well, for us, we work in villages that don't have any churches in them at all, and so we find places where there's no gospel presence, and we help work uh, with other local churches in the area to to start new churches there. And then we have a school for Dominicans who want to be missionaries. And so people come to us and say, I have a heart. God's calling me to be a missionary to whatever world, whatever country. And we kind of train them and prepare them and send them on trips. So we've been to Cuba and to Peru and to Haiti, and now we're going to Indonesia for a
0: year. So you're sending out other missionaries from the Dominican yep. Republic yeah. that you're raising up. That's yeah. pretty cool. so it's huh. kind
1: of a generation that's, that's being called up. And we believe the Dominican Republic is, is no longer a, a receiving nation of missionaries um, in the sense that they're dependent on that. I mean, it's good, and there's good partnership there, but we, we see God changing to become the Dominican being ascending nation. Um, yeah.
0: So, yeah. That's, it, that's anything life. else on, um, I feel like, uh for so, and I, I'm sure God isn't calling all of you in this room to be a missionary, but he might be calling you to be a missionary or to do something like that. And yet in America, I feel like we're so overwhelmed by um, in success for us is you got to find a job that makes money or you got to marry a guy who makes money and that's maybe what you want to do. But um, speak to, um, I don't know, I was just going to say, I guess deciphering God's call in your life or or that person maybe who's like. Maybe God could use me that way, but my parents would say no because you can't make a living as a missionary. Obviously, you um, are showing otherwise. Um, But even just, I feel like that whole financial thing has a huge grip on a lot of us. Just without us even, we just live in that culture. Um, Certainly in the Dominican, I don't know, maybe it's cheaper to live there and, you know, that kind of thing. But um, any just more words of insight as far as like these students dreaming about what God might have for them or his call in their life, and... Yeah, yeah. Um, He started kind of going that route with the, like, it's about, you know, who and not the others, but...
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think Jesus said it best. Um, there's one time where him and the disciples had been going for a while, and they hadn't eaten, and then disciples were like, hey, we got some bread, do you want to eat some bread? You know, eat, Jesus, you're hungry, and it's been a long time, and he said, he said, I'm not hungry, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm not hungry, um, to do the will of my Father is my bread. Um... In essence, to to obey and follow where God is leading me is all the fulfillment that I need. And Jesus in that moment physically hadn't eaten for a long time, but he wasn't even hungry. He didn't even want bread because he was so satisfied in in obeying and following the Father. And so I believe that when you're following the will of God, um, no matter if that's a janitor in a school or a missionary or whatever career God might call you to, God's plan for your life is the absolute best thing for you. And, and it's my, maybe it's not going to be pretty. Maybe it's not going to be easy. Maybe it's not going to even be fun. Maybe it's not going to be something that people write books about. But where God wants you and you following him is the place where you are going to feel the most satisfied and the most content um, because you're in that place of obedience. And so um, I know in my life, um, I don't want you to be me. I don't want you to be like me. But I want you to pursue the Lord's will for your life and to radically obey that no matter what it looks like, no matter how hard that is or how countercultural you need to be and to be a revolutionary whatever. But if you are willing to follow the Lord, he is going to fulfill you more than any other hmm. way. My mom, you know, obviously when I'm like, hey, I'm leaving, and every time I leave for the Dominican, I say goodbye. If I don't ever see you again, I love you, and we'll, we'll see you later. Because um, I'm prepared, you know, I'm prepared to die, and, and, and if, if, if that happens, and that happens, and so, um, wow. but I know my, my mom, that was really hard for her, but she got to the point when she realized I was way safer being in God's will, even in a foreign country where there's, you know, riots and machete fights and stuff like that, um, than me being in a safe country in America Against his will, so kind of the Jonah thing. Yeah. Um, so if you're in his will and you're willing to follow and obey him, that's the absolute best thing for your life and, and fulfillment. And even if everyone's against you in it, um, as far as your family and, and society, but if if you're following him, you're yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be hundred awesome. percent.
0: All right. Um. I wanna I wanna I would love to take some questions from you guys. Um. We have about eight minutes before we're done. Um. I want Miguel real quick to speak to um. He's doing this vision breakfast here a week from this Sunday and um, Ben already mentioned that um, student impact students I would love 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 that's kind of like in place of our February meeting Um, you'll hear more you'll see Kristen and you get to eat too so I want you to hear real quick just his whatever a commercial I guess in that sense for the vision breakfast and Miguel wants to pray over all of us before we leave but um, questions will you like raise your hand just so you're I don't know I can call on you and just you can shout it out, but Karen. Yeah. No, it's great. I know that that we create not long ago that, you know, in a factor kind of feels like fish have water Um but I know
1: God at the time has to strip us away and desensitize us sensitize us to something new. So I was just wondering, have you spoken a fresh word since you've been here and Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, what he, what he uh, showed me, he's leading me through a bunch of stuff and, and and sin that I had in my life that I wasn't aware of. And, and I think sometimes in our in our thought life and, and in our heart, just ways that we honor stuff that's not God and, and pursue stuff that's not God, it's sin. And so, um, I mean, God's convicted me of sin since I've been here, and I'm the missionary, you know, and hey, I'm the, the sinless guy. And, and, and God's like, man, this is junk and this is junk. And so that's been a breaking process for me, and... You know, I had the shoulder operated on and just a bunch of things that had broken me down and made me feel incapable. So in that brokenness, um, he showed me some of these things that I've depended on that aren't him. Um, and then I had a dream. It was a beautiful dream that, uh, that I was like this cube. And uh, I was a gray kind of cement-colored cube. And I had all these chunks out of me, um, like ways that, that, that I had been broken. And, um, and I said, Lord, will you heal me? I said, Lord, will you, will you take you know, cement and, 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 you know, the mason trowel and, and kind of scrape over that and fill in all those gaps. Will you make me whole again, this is what I was asking him. And, uh, and he took me to an oven, and, uh, and he opened the door of this oven, and there was three layers of kind uh, of three racks in there. And, and on the bottom rack, there was silver, and in the center rack, there was kind of like uh, gold, but, but kind of not great gold. And the top rack was this gold that had been refined seven times in the fire. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and he said, "Which one do you want?" And, uh, and I was like, "Man, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy of even you calling me or creating me or forgiving me. But now you're offering me gold, you know. You know, and I don't deserve that." You Knowing our sin, we don't deserve anything besides the cross. God but God's so good. And his grace is so good that he offers us gold, you know, refined seven times in a fire. And so I just I broke and I was like, God, I don't deserve that. You know, I don't deserve any of this, but but you offer that to me and uh I said, that's what I want, Lord, if, if you're willing to give me that. I want that gold. I want to be made whole, and, and I want to be made, made pure in that way. And so um, so that's the process he has me in right now of, of pursuing that gold, refining the fire and what that means. And so obviously that's kind of hard to articulate, and, and there's a metaphor there. But um, I think just his love for me and his grace and his willingness to, to invite me to follow him, um, and, and just the ways that I'm always so undeserving. And we're all so undeserving of that. Um, but I forget sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I am kind of cool on my own. Or maybe I'm, I'm a little bit deserving. Or I've made some sacrifices. So I've earned. We, we haven't earned crap. <laughs> we, don't, we don't deserve crap. So, um, so yeah, that's. Hmm. And I'm thankful, you know. I'm thankful for this season. I'm thankful for that brokenness because I want that gold.
0: That's good. Another question. We have time for at least one more. Anyone? John here. Um,
1: I mean, Gretna at the time was pretty small, and so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was a sports kind of guy. Um, you wrestled, right? Yeah, wrestling and football, so, um, and I had a lot of anger issues, I mean, I, I won't go into that, but I had a lot of anger issues, and so sports and contact sports and violent sports, particularly, uh, were kind of where I let that aggression out, so um, definitely the jocks, and, and, you know, but I was a partier, uh, you know, and I mixed up with the crowds and, and you know, drinking and, and uh, you know doing illicit things definitely were were the crowd that I ran in at that time and that, the Dominican is when I really said this has to change and and I can't be around in that circle and that that crowd anymore and so that was when I got back my senior year, I I began my senior year and, and, and made some big changes with that but yeah that was my crowd up till then.
0: Real quick, Raven last one. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the first thing I did is I was public with it, um, I, you know, Jesus talks about confessing with our mouth, and, and I think that there's power when you, when you vocalize that this is changing, that my heart's changing, my pursuit's changing, what matters to me is changing, when you, when you put that out there, it, it marks, it marks a line, and so I was vocal with that, you know, I'm not doing this stuff anymore, and that's not my, that's not my crowd. That's not my deal. And it's not you guys, but it's me. Um, and so vocalizing it was a big thing for me. Um, I wished I could just be quiet and be changing, but I couldn't. I, I had to make that choice. And if I was labeled something, you know, whatever, because I needed to do that. So that was a big deal for me, was being willing to vocalize that. Um, and uh, another thing I would say is I pursued older, older men of God. Um, to, to coach me and I'd always been kind of a rebel and didn't want to be under authority and didn't want to have people have that place in my life and speak into my life and, and I began to submit myself to people and, and say I need coaching, I need training and and your wisdom is going to speak to me and it's not just what I want to do but what you see in my life needs to change so submitting to, to older uh, more mature people in the faith was another thing that I did um. yeah yeah I'd say those two things.
0: Um that's a great question. It really is. And so is that. Uh we've we gotta kinda wrap up. You can ask to it sometime, Marcus.
1: Yeah, I, I would say bathe, bathe your mind in the word. Um, let, let your mind just be washed and washed and washed with the word. I mean, we fill our minds with junk all day, you know, the media and, and all that stuff. And turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and, and just, and it's not like, don't be religious and legalistic about it. But, I mean, if you're absorbing the word of God, then you're going to hear when he speaks to you. You, you. you train to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit through hearing his written voice. Um, and mm-hmm. so I would say that's huge um, and then again mature believers and, and really saying hey pray to this what do you think get confirmation from people um, don't be an island don't be out there just this is what God's saying so I'm going to do that but, but pr- pursue people who are, who are pursuing that as well and say what do you guys think about that and get confirmation from, from other believers
0: so February 9th you're doing this vision breakfast here at the church maybe there's not much more to say to that um, but you'll maybe be sharing more and yeah, it's going to be
1: informational, but also, I mean, I'm a heart guy, so probably my heart will come out in that time. And I'd love for you, Kristen's way, I mean, someone said I'm awesome. I'm not awesome. Kristen's awesome. Um, so come meet Kristen and, uh, and my girls. And, but, yeah, I'd love to have some of you guys there, as many as you want. Um, and then, uh, yeah, free breakfast, so and, uh, eat all you want.
0: Do you, uh, st- st- well, if you're going, you're st- I mean, we just kind of need to count. Let me know um, at least by next Wednesday night or if you see me. Sunday or something. Um, but that's a week from this Sunday during Brookside's first service. Um, are you would you care to pray over I'd love these to. students I'd love to. and I've been praying their future in the back and in worship,
1: but if you guys will let me pray, I really feel um, just special I'm gonna stand. You guys don't have to stand, but I'm gonna stand. Um, God, you're with us, you're in this place, and your spirit is sweet and your love is greater than anything we can imagine. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would fall upon every person in this place, every person in this youth group that's here, that's not here. God, I pray that you would blow a fresh wind over us, Lord, that your word would speak to our minds and our hearts, Lord, and that we would be willing to see your greatness and to follow that, Lord, with all that we are, Lord, to abandon the things that we used to hold on to and to follow and cling to you, Lord, that we would grasp you and the only thing that would matter is to follow you, Jesus. I pray that your, vo- that your voice would be loud and would be recognized in the hearts of these students. God, I pray that you would raise up a generation of revolutionaries to fight against whatever society says you have to be, Lord. That their only pursuit would be you, Jesus. I pray your covering. I pray your anointing. I pray your protection. Lord, I pray you do great things in this generation. Um, God, they're not kids. They're not even young, Lord. There's great stuff that's going to come out of this room for your glory, and it's all for you. Jesus, I pray that you would make your name great and that you would be exalted in the lives of these students. Lord, in their schools and in their families, that they would be bold to put your name out there, Jesus, and to say you are the only thing that's worth living for. God, I love you, and I thank you so much for calling us in this opportunity. In your name, amen. Amen.
0: Hey, will you thank him just for his time? I know he doesn't want it, but thanks, brother.